Hey guys, welcome to the Start My Biz podcast again. Uh, this time we have Simon, a music producer and studio owner who has my favorite story about an encounter with a SoundCloud rapper. On with the show. All right, Simon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, David. Oh, no problem. So tell me, what's the nature of your business? Um, I run... Uh, or I run a recording studio called Signals and Noises Studio based out of Scarborough, Ontario. Scarlam. Uh, yeah. And um, I work with uh, a bunch of different clients to produce music, um, engineer it, mix it, um, master music on the odd occasion here and there, um, as well as other random, uh, sometimes I get hired to do other really random gigs like a remote recording or loca- location recording or or uh, things like that. Actually, on the, yeah, the odd job, I'll do, uh, I'll, I'll do a random like podcast recording for other people, strangely enough. Okay, so like people would come into your studio and then sit there for a good hour talking? Uh, no, sometimes I go to them. Um, or I had one gig where I went to them uh, and I just like had a small, I set up a few microphones and then they, in a, in a Skype call, uh, and they just recorded I don't know, them interviewing different people and whatnot. And then I, yeah, and then I just recorded it. And then I sent it to another guy to, um, to edit it and mix it and all that other stuff. But most of the, for the most part, I work with um, musicians, singer-songwriters, bands, um, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So artists are known for having a lot of passion and a lot of dreams, but not a lot of money. I mean, the starving artist is totally... It's very real. It's, a, <laughs> it's a very real, at least from yes. the stories I've yeah. heard from you in the Hilarious past yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm just wondering how does the sales process work for you uh, you probably get reached out to by a lot of people who have no money but they definitely need the service mm-hmm. um i mean like what percentage of the people who reach out to you actually have money to pay for the service you offer um i mean a few a few, a few of them do um I think I, at least, um, I guess one of the things I try to do when going through that process is, uh, I try to meet up with the client if I can, ahead of like just ahead of time, just to chat about what their goal is and what they want to accomplish with, with their music or with, um, uh, what they want to do with me. Um, and then from there, I'm able to kind of gauge what, what my involvement with the project is going to look like and then from there I can charge a quote um, and then like one of the hard lessons that I have I kind of had to teach myself was like valuing myself properly um, and so from there I guess I was uh, or from from that lesson I learned to just be very firm like okay this is what I think I'm worth um, and and you know what do you think about it and then we we a lot of the times we'll have like the odd back and forth about like oh that's a little bit outside of my budget and i i don't mind negotiating my price or talking my or like bringing my price down for the sake of working with an artist because at the end of the day like I, i definitely believe in working with artists that whose music i i do care about more than more than just making money for the sake of making money so um I guess in that regard, um, when it comes to dealing with the starving artist, quote unquote, um, I think it definitely starts with, for me, it definitely starts with knowing what my worth is, stating my worth, 
to the client. And then depending on how much I believe in, in what they're trying to do with their music and that, that can be discovered in that first meeting or whatnot, then I can figure out whether I'm willing to bring my price down a little bit or, or, or I don't know, cut corn, not cut corners, but uh, maybe like take away certain services or things like that. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's not just a matter of finances, but whether their art or their artistic direction, the type of music they're in resonates and, and works with you as well. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to like, um, or that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to like the same like genre of music as my client, but more than anything, I kind I, I want to make sure, especially on a creative level that I believe in what I believe in what they believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, because if the both of us, like me and the client are able to be on the same page creatively in that regard, then it makes the whole process like way smoother. Um, there's a lot less pressure um, and we both are able to trust each other uh, through the process. So whenever I, whenever I make a suggestion like, Oh, I don't like this part, or I think this, I think this part doesn't fit the song very well, or we should cut this or move this or whatever. Like they know that I'm saying these things, not from like a discriminatory point of view, but purely because like, I want to make this music or make your song like the best that it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I definitely believe in like, I don't know what you want to call it, but creative, um, creative cohesion, creative unity yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. So more than anything, I, have to, I want to believe in the artist. And if I do find myself believing in the artist, then I don't mind, you know, talking my, or bringing my price down a little bit if they can't, if they definitely cannot afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to say that I'm undervaluing myself because I know my value. Um, mm-hmm. Um, but I believe more in, in a way, like I believe more in their value than my value, if that makes sense. Yeah. So money is only one form of the currency, the meaning and the ultimate purpose of their art is another one as well. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't think anybody really signs up to be a music producer because they want to make money. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there, I'm sure there are some that think they can do that, but like very few people actually like succeed in doing that a a good majority of people end up end up more like um i don't know doing it because they just love to do it doing it because they love making music they love connecting with other artists and like that's what they're really in in it for and the music and the money rather is kind of like a a very very nice byproduct Um, is that actually like the case with most music producers passion first purpose first and then money second because i mean based on just pop media from what i i see like it's like every music producer is there to milk an artist out of their every single dime and they're just like flashing their millions or is that just like i feel like that's not i have a very pop media idea of what a music producer is from i mean from my experience in the music industry i feel like that's definitely that's more like the music executives thing um, wanting to like wanting like every every artist that they sign on they want to they want to make sure that they can make x amount of dollars from them mm-hmm. uh, the producer's job at the end of the day is to make music sound good um, okay and and so i guess depending on how you approach 
um, approach that process. Like for me personally, I want to make music sound good because I love music. I care about music a lot. I care about the impact that music has on people. And so I want to be able to contribute to a musician's process uh, in their pursuit of making their music mean something, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want, I care more about that than I do about making money. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, Obviously, I, I still want to make money because I, I want to make a living and everything like that. But, um, but at the end of the day, I see my service not just as a money one for uh, a service for myself, but a service for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I care, I care about that principle a lot. Okay, tell me more about the moment where you realize that this is the kind of business that you need to start. Um, man. Um, I guess I could talk about like how I got into music production and like, I guess like how I knew like, Oh yeah, this is what I got to do for the rest of my life. Um, I mean, uh, for me, like music was always in my life. Um, I cared about music. I, I was always like growing up in school, music was always my favorite subject. Um, and I was natural. I found myself like naturally being very good at it. Um, like whatever instrument I picked up, I usually was able to pick it up pretty quickly. Um, And so I knew pretty early on that I wanted to do something music related, but I wasn't sure what. Um, uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be like a performer or, or, or anything else. For a long time, actually, I was thinking about being a music therapist um, because I wanted to use music to help people. Like that's my, that was my thing. Um, And then when I, when I, I think in high school or uh, maybe like late elementary school, I, when I, like when I turned on a Mac for the first time and I saw a garage band for the first time, <laughs> I was like mind blown at this idea of like, wow, people can like, this is how people get their music out. Like they record it and they, they, they put all the pieces together. Um, and then there's this, there's this guy that behind all the science and all the technicality who like has to, put all these puzzle pieces together to make it sound good um like that that um it like when it finally dawned on me that that was like an actual role um in in the music world um i thought it was so cool and i i i i I don't know i found myself like very quickly um falling in love with that aspect um that aspect Mm -hmm. so i started playing around with recording my own songs in garage band and 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 everything like that and then um i went to college for it um i learned i learned all like these you know these other things about about the music industry business production engineering um artist management all that other stuff uh and when i was there like i even i fell in love with it even more um uh it was like a it was like a whole new i don't know playground uh Mm -hmm. for me to be inside of an actual recording studio um so I think when I, I don't know, when I, when I, when I discovered that this was a real thing and I, and when I found myself falling in love with it or the, uh, the, the, the prospect of it so easily, I think that's what kind of solidified for me. Like, yeah, this is what I really should be pursuing um, as like a, a real, I don't know, thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I couldn't, I can't have fallen in love with it for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I took that, that, I guess that new, newfound passion and I chased it, uh, I chased it to, to whatever end I could. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then after I graduated, I worked with my first client who, um, who I just like, who's a friend of mine, sort of like, or like, I kind of, I knew of her, I knew she wrote music. And so I just, I randomly went up to her and was like, Hey, do you want to try like actually like recording your music for like for real? And she was like, yeah, sure. And so she was the first one to trust me with that. And then from there I got referrals and re more referrals and more referrals. And, and then, um, you know, here I am today. Okay. And did you ever consider working for another studio as a producer before starting your own or was it just like, what was the story there? Uh, it crossed my mind for a little bit. Um, but I chose, eventually I chose not to pursue that path because, um, I don't know, maybe I was scared out of it. I heard, I just heard way too many horror stories of, I mean, not horror stories, but like, you don't just, like being abused. No, well, like I, yeah, I just didn't like the idea of like going to a studio and the only thing I did was like get coffee for people. Um, I didn't want to, and yeah, sure. Like if I, if I did that for long enough, then maybe I would have worked my way up into like actually like working with all the toys and, and, and whatever. But I mean, at the end of the day, like I, I wanted to hit the ground running, um, as soon as I could, I want, like, I wanted to be the producer. I wanted to be in that chair, uh, in the mixing chair, in the producing chair, the engineering chair, all that other stuff. I wanted to be in those roles like as soon as I possibly could, and I didn't want to wait for it. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Blame it on my uh, on impatience or or my com my compulsive compulsiveness, compulsivity. Mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I figured like if I wanted to do that, I couldn't do it from from being a studio mole mm -hmm. uh, for for someone else. I just have to do it myself. So. Oh no, you're so impatient that you ended up becoming a producer right out <laughs> yeah, of college no. with clients too. Yeah, no, uh, how dare I? But yeah, um, yeah, and so um, I got like a my first few pieces of equipment, um, and I started really pretty humbly. Uh, my parents were really supportive of me, so they helped me buy like get my feet off the ground with 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 a few of my first purchases. Um, I worked at, I worked another job at the um, that. With, with like extra income so that I could eventually buy equipment like for myself by myself with, without without the help of my parents and so um yeah and then uh just over the years I just kept um working working odd jobs and or or working another job and then with my studio and and um investing as much as I could into my studio mm -hmm. uh, getting better equipment and honing my skills and and everything like that mm -hmm. I mean, that equipment's not cheap either. Like I'm guessing most of your profits or money that you make goes right back into the studio then, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'll, well, it's not cheap, um, but it is at least significantly cheaper than what it, what it would have been even like, what, like 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, like the barrier, the barrier of entry for to be a music producer now is super low. Um, yeah. And... I, I'm grateful that I got my feet off the ground with, with what little I had. And I'm, I'm glad that I was able to make the most out of what I had. Um, and I still do. Um, actually a lot of, a lot of like the first pieces of equipment, um, that I bought then I still have now and I still use, um, pretty regularly. Um, 
so yeah i mean like most of the most truthfully most of the profits i make go back into the studio either it's like making upgrades or maintenance um um or or just i don't know upgrading for the sake of upgrading um which is a, which is in a lot of ways has been a bad habit and i gotta stop that but uh, yeah but the cool shiny toys versus things you need to run the business right? yeah it's definitely like it's wants versus needs um i am happy to say that i think for the most part all of my most if not all of my needs are covered every right. upgrade almost every upgrade i make now is purely out of want out of like out of just like seeing a new toy and being like "Ooh, i want it kind of a thing um and it's a bad habit and i got a oh that's a dangerous place to be in it to did, have all your is. needs cover and go home i can get whatever i want well not yeah, whatever exactly. but within reason yeah exactly so i and like uh I, now that i think for me like that's maybe one of my next challenges that i have to overcome <laughs> okay yeah yeah so and because I, I have to admit like i never like i never grew up uh i never took like business class i never was um good at at business in general like i I don't have that. I just don't have a mind for it. Um, so that's why, like, I don't have like the fiscal discipline uh, to, to like really stop myself when I, when I want a new piece of gear. Um, mm-hmm. um, but I'm in that, I feel like I'm in that place now where I'm like, I'm really, really like having that conversation with myself mm-hmm. and, being, and being like, no, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and so I, I like just yeah. Over the years, it's been a lot of like new and interesting lessons. And funny enough, it's been less. I've been learning less about like how to get better at being at mixing or engineering or whatever, and learning more about like how to how to I don't know be more uh, disciplined or just to be a better human being uh, in my job. Okay. Yeah. So, like, was there a story tied to that specifically? Tied to becoming more of a better human being rather than just being a better artist. Um, Were you a terrible human being? <laughs> <laughs> did you abuse, did you do like, like 1980s 360 deals on your artists? Oh yeah. yeah. I just, uh, I just held all their, all their music at ransom. I was like, I, I know we agreed on this amount, but I want more money now and you won't get, uh, and you won't get your delivery. I'll put a sarcasm edit here in case someone forgets <laughs> or misinterprets. For the, record, for the official record, that's not true. I was always a pretty nice guy in my throughout my whole career. But um, um, honestly, I think being married has taught me a lot. Uh, I think finally figuring or like finally having another like very proactive voice of reason. Um, <laughs> Uh, has been very helpful. Um, I think my wife is just outside right now. She can probably hear me, but she's probably like agreeing with me in secret. But blink um, three times if you need help. <laughs> <laughs> um, Proactive voice of reason. Yeah, yeah. I like whenever I was like, ooh, like ooh, Carol, like I want, I want this thing, and then she's like, but like really, do you need it? Like, and she, she was, she was like she's very supportive of me in her own right. Like she, she made a spread, like a financial spreadsheet for me um, to help me track my income and my expenses and everything like that. Um, st- like that's something that I would have never been able to do for myself. And so the fact that she did it for me was already great. And so like having that um, tool has already um, really put into perspective, like where my money is going. Um, uh, and so I think being married 
and realizing now that I don't make money just for myself. I make money for myself and another human being um, is, is pretty humbling in that regard. And, and yeah, that, that has taught me a lot. And I think a lot of the things I've learned in, in being married has are very easily applicable to um, how I conduct my business, both on a, on a financial level, even on a relational level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, okay. like when I, like when I, uh, when I say relational, I mean like when I interact with clients. Yeah. yeah. Treating your clients like you would treat your wife, right? Uh, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> a really weird way to put it. <laughs> not directly. Much. I hope not too directly. No, not too directly. <laughs> but, um, but treating my, treating my clients with like, um, um, a, a, like a different sense of respect, um, and, and dignity. Uh, mm-hmm. and kind of learning yeah and learning more uh, and seeing learning more about how to treat my clients as if they were as if they were like actual friends of mine and not just not just clients you know mm-hmm. um, yeah and I think like being with being with my wife like I've learned just different um, uh, interpersonal skills I guess um, in being able to do that mm-hmm. So let's say you had to, for whatever reason, restart this business from scratch. So you lost everything, equipment, client list, connections, and everything. Uh, what would you do different this time? Um, gosh, um, that's a good question. I More location gigs, maybe? Okay, like, like the podcast you mentioned before? Where you'd go to that site to do the recording? Yeah, like maybe I'd, I'd maybe entertain more ideas of like working on location or going to people rather than making people come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, or so like, how viable would that be? Because, I mean, I've seen your studio before. It's a lot of equipment in a room. Mm-hmm. How, how do you bring a studio out to other places? Like a trailer? Like, uh, No, I feel like it's just like getting... Um, getting as much like utilitarian equipment um, as possible um, or keeping, sorry, keeping your setup minimalistic, but it's very, very flexible and very utilitarian in that regard. Um, there's a lot of, there are a lot of like, there's a lot of equipment that that can do that where it's not like super expensive, um, but it's, um, but it's very versatile. Um, um and then just kind of keep it all into one like travel case, mm-hmm. uh, get a, get a good laptop and then just, then just hit the road. Like right now my setup is very big um, because I have a lot of like really big pieces of equipment that only do like one thing really good. Um, uh, at that point I might look into doing, getting pieces of equipment that do multiple things pretty good. Um, so that, so that I can, um, travel with less stuff Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah so flexibility Um, and mobility over having dedicated high quality static stuff yeah maybe um like that would be i think that would be a a fun thing to entertain and and that's not to say that like that's not to say that that prospect is outside of my the realm of possibility for me right now like i could potentially still do that it would just be a little bit more work because I have to like tear my stuff out and then put them in a new case and then take it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, 
Um, truthfully, I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like, um, like everything I've mentioned so far have has been like all like just like little things that I, um, that I would change. But like overall, I think like my journey with with my with my studio has been very much not necessarily the way that I planned it for it to be, but I wouldn't change anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the process of like how I found clients and, um, and how I built my studio uh, or like even just like going through the different phases of my studio um, mm-hmm. in terms of like how it looked and how it felt and everything like that. Um, yeah. Like I've enjoyed that whole process and I wouldn't change anything about it. Um, okay yeah so i don't know that all that to say that like i don't know if there's anything i would necessarily change about my business i mean maybe i would learn more about business before stepping my foot into it again like like that's maybe like the most practical thing i could say just, learn like, a few things about business time. before starting a business yeah learn a few yeah, yeah yeah but a good thing is you had customers first and then that fed into uh growing the business slowly over time yeah, and I like for me, I, I like I guess, and I kept it that simple. I like I deliberately kept it that simple for for myself. Like I just found clients that were willing to pay. I did the work. I got paid, and I go and I moved on to the next person. And whatever I did with the money, that was that was up to me. Um, it might have been it might have been reckless, and it might have been a little stupid, but um, but it was it was it all um added to the value that i was able to give to other people eventually so even though i might have been in the red or i might have been um in yeah in the negative in terms of my overall um income um it at least gave me the ability to add more value into my clients and that i think was was in and of itself worth it Mm -hmm. so the money was down especially during the the beginning stages but then by getting all that equipment and all those heavy expenses and infrastructure set up, it allowed you to continue to give even more value as you continued. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to be starting my SoundCloud rap career. Yeah. My stage name is going to be Lil Egg Roll and I want to drop a mixtape. So yes. how do we, how would I go about recording my mixtape? Actually, my- that's, Actually, going back to the going back to the question of uh, what I would change differently, I would not work with SoundCloud rappers. I do not want to work with SoundCloud. That's what I would change. I would immediately rule that out. I don't. I truthfully do not enjoy working with SoundCloud rappers. Not because I don't like rap, but because for some strange reason, like SoundCloud rappers are just weird people, and I don't like working with them. I don't know how many SoundCloud rappers have you actually have you actually worked with though. Um, three. Okay three four maybe only one of them like i genuinely enjoyed working with the rest okay. of them were, the rest of them were all kind of weird <laughs> um and then after that after uh one of my last ones who was just the worst uh after that i was like i'm never i'm never working with a soundcloud rapper ever again and from there i've had to like turn down working with yeah. soundcloud rappers um, like these are paying clients and a bad overall experience or were these people who's just reaching out to you and and then no, they, they, they were paying clients. I just didn't enjoy the experience at all. And I straight up just told them, or well, one of them in particular, I told them like, no, just don't whenever, if and whenever you release this, just don't mention me. Um, <laughs> don't tell anybody that you work with me. Just just let it go. 
Uh, and then from there, I was just like, I'm never working with a SoundCloud rapper ever again. It's just not worth it for me. Um, so specific SoundCloud rappers, not how about like rappers, hip hop artists, R and B. I don't know. Like, um, I have worked with R and B before, and I did. I did enjoy it, uh, and I would be open to doing R and B again. Um, I don't know. It's just like a kind. This is a, it's. SoundCloud, by sound, when I say SoundCloud rapper, I more mean like the kind of person rather than the kind of music. For okay. like, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, like SoundCloud rappers are just the kind of people that I just don't enjoy um, working with. I don't know why they're all, I don't want to say they're all the same, but like they all just kind of give me the same vibe and I just don't feel comfortable with it. Um, how would you describe that vibe? Oh man, I don't know. Like they, they're, a lot of them are really cocky. Okay. Uh, like really, really annoyingly arrogant. Um, their lyrics are all really, they're all the same. They all talk about the same thing, about how much better they are than anyone else. Um, yeah, and they, I don't know, they just have this thing, they, they, they kind of like, they, they take they take people for granted, and I don't like that. Okay. Um, yeah, I had this one SoundCloud rapper who wanted to work with me, and I said no to them, um, who was, who was like incessantly knocking on my door, um, to the point where I was like, Oh my God, dude, is one of, are one of my neighbors in trouble? Uh, I opened the door and they're like, Oh man, yeah, I got, I got this new mixtape that's about to come out. It's going to be hot. It's going to be fire. I'm going to go big. And you know, man, like you need me more than I need, uh, you need me more than I need you. And I was like, what, like, who's, who like, grief? <laughs> Who like makes a first impression with that with that statement, you know? And so when I that was when I was like, never again. I'm never doing this again. So, what was uh, his budget? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't bother asking. <laughs> I just knew it was like, I don't care what you're willing to pay. I'm not working with you. Um, yeah, yeah. So I just couldn't do it. Um, so yeah, no. Your SoundCloud project is a is a is a no because I just don't work with you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, um, actually, I just thought of this. Um, um, one thing I could, I would maybe, maybe not necessarily change, but I would add to the business if I were, if I were to start again, is I would definitely add. I, I would want to add a service where, um, where I could just do like um, menial work for other producers. Uh, I'm, I'm really good at. Or I find, I feel like I'm pretty good at like like menial editing, like audio editing tasks, um, things like tuning vocals or editing drums or, or things like that. I feel like I'm pretty good at that. Um, so I would, it's been on my mind whether I want to like add that as a, a service to other producers around, around, around the world. Um, mm -hmm. Just letting them know like, hey, I can edit drums and I can tune vocals. Let me know if you want me to do any of that menial work for you. Um, just for, I don't know, I've, I've, had, I've had fun being able to do that and, um, and I would love to do even more of that if I could. So if our viewers wanted to get more in contact with you to learn more about what you do, how would they reach you? Um, they could reach me on um, my website, which is uh, signalsandnoises.studio. Uh, they can contact me through there. Uh, they can find me on Instagram. I think it, uh, I don't even remember what my Instagram handle is. I think it's like a- I'll plug it in there. Yeah. S-I-M-O.N.G, I think is my Instagram handle. They can reach me there if they want to. They can straight up add me on Facebook if they want to. Um, 
yeah, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty personable guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, just uh, let's chat and uh, we'll go from there. That's all for this interview. So don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell to stay up to date with the different interviews that we have with more business owners.